0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Dan Orlovsky called Greg Roman's passing game, quote, fundamentally flawed, close quote, and gave an example from the Steelers game that Roman indirectly defended.
2: And meanwhile, Ryan Clark doesn't think Ravens wide receivers have an identity, which he says, of course, hurts the pass game. We'll get into both of those critiques just ahead.
1: I'm Sarah Ellison with Bobby Trossett. It is Thursday, December 15th, and this is your Morning Ravens Vault.
2: So in Jeff Zarebek's latest via The Athletic, he shared some thoughts on why the Ravens are handling their business smartly when it comes to Marcus Peters' future in Baltimore.
1: And it's becoming increasingly likely that Tyler Huntley will return to game action after suffering a concussion last week. But Roman has a message for his backup QB before he takes another snap.
2: We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. Okay, Sarah, it is happening again. Shocker. Another round of fans are calling for Greg Roman's job after a national media pundit criticized his passing scheme.
1: And this time around, it was ESPN's Dan Orlovsky who said the passing game is fundamentally flawed. Now, Orlovsky may be right because plenty of people have pointed out how Roman doesn't give enough spacing in his passing concepts, but the specific play that Orlovsky used this time wasn't the best example to drive home his point. Take a listen. Timing, a reason,
3: rhythm, connection, distribution, everything's tied together. Hmm. Ravens have none of that. None of that in their offensive pass game, and that's why you sit there and go, like look at this up top. This is this past week with Huntley. When, wh- where is there spacing here, or, or reasoning, or connection, or distribution, or everything stuck together? There are five guys on one hash of the field to the sideline. There's yeah. way too many plays, not only uh, in that game. But on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. that looked like that. And so if I sit there and say, man, their defense is playing so good, and Dobbins back helped, and Lamar is going to help. Their passing game, schematically, X's and O's, is so fundamentally flawed. We just it, talked about Luana was... Rumo.
1: Right, take all that, that away.
3: That was the problem last year, too. It, it's, oh, as for as it's much been, of a fan cool. of their run game I is with Greg Roman, yeah. I'm the complete opposite in their passing.
2: Yeah, I saw Orlovsky tweet about this as well. He posted a screen grab of the play itself that clearly put all the receivers' running routes right next to each other and wrote a caption that read the following, quote, Santa, all I want for Christmas is better spacing in the Ravens' pass game. One time. Just one time, close quote. So, there was also some facepalm emojis there, if you were wondering. So, yes, he came pretty hard there at g
1: Yeah, he did. But some people in Ravens media were quick to point out that this one example that Orlovsky's pointing to, it was actually a designed scramble for Huntley based on a cover seven look they got from the Steelers. Now, it was Spencer Schultz who was the first, that at least I saw, to point it out. And then a few others followed. So, But Schultz pointed out that you could tell it was a design scramble based on the offensive line being set up to block for the scramble and not really a pass. Schultz also showed that Roman called similar plays for Lamar Jackson a few times in the past. If you'll remember, Lamar scored a 48-yard touchdown with the same cover seven look from the Titans – in the 2021 playoff game. And Lamar also ran for 30 yards on a similar call for moment against the Detroit Lions. And then in Sunday's case against the Steelers, Huntley picked up 11 yards with only one DB that he had to beat. And if you ask me, Lamar would have shook the DB and gone for a 50-yard touchdown. So at the end of the day, it's a play that looks bad on the surface with the spacing, but has been successful for Roman and the offense plenty of times.
2: Yeah, And you know, Sarah, the Baltimore Suns' Jonas Schaefer asked Roman about this strategy, and Giro basically indirectly defended himself against Orlovsky's criticism while also explaining why he drew it up. When you play certain coverages that match... And you take everybody on this
3: side of the field and run them to the other side of the field, then there's nobody left on this side of the field. You know, if you have a quarterback that can
2: run, that can be be used as a weapon. Okay, so it's pretty clear that Orlovsky just chose the wrong play to make his point in this specific case. But Sarah, are you with him just generally speaking?
1: Well, look, the passing game is averaging 184.9 yards per game this season. And Bobby, that ranks 27th in the NFL. It's been bad for a while, too. And so, to me, it's a combination of Roman schemes, and yes, route spacing at times, but I also think there's just generally a lack of talent at the wide receiver position, especially since the Ravens put most of their A's in the Rashad Bateman basket, and he's gone down. And then coaches over the years just also haven't developed wide receiver talent. So... As a result, I think it's Ryan Clark who had the better critique about the team lacking an identity in the pass game. Here he is.
3: When you look at the Baltimore Ravens in their run game, we can tell you what every guy specializes in. Other than Mark Andrews, we don't know what those guys specialize in. They they don't have a number one. We don't know that you're going to line up here and you're the guy that can push the football down the field. Or you're a guy who we understand that if we get the football into your hands in the right space, we can get yards after the catch. And so it's like they're moving people around, trying to find a chess piece that fits exactly where yeah. they need it in order to win. And until they get some sort of identity passing, and we usually say this about physicality, right? they don't have a passing identity other than who and Mark I, and Andrews did. And I think that's it. why we sometimes we see Lamar get back and he just becomes jumpy yeah. and running around, and I'm like, I get
2: it now. Yeah, Sarah, we've talked about this a few times offline. It's theoretically doable to be a defensive-minded team, That is also complemented by a run-first offense, but the pass game still needs to be at least average. It needs to be respected by opposing defenses and even free agents as well, which we've seen that hasn't necessarily been the case in both of those categories now for years.
1: And Bobby, we dissected just that last week in one of our episodes about how the Ravens don't spend cap dollars at the wide receiver position. That's been going on for more than a decade. So if you're not going to spend big money to get a true all-around number one, then you got to go get guys that know their identity and do it well, to Ryan Clark's point. Go on, go get your 50-50 guy. Get your yak guy. Get your possession guy that possession guy is probably Duvernay right now, and but you also got to get your speed guy. And that used to be Hollywood Brown, and so it really hurt to see. It hurt the offense overall to see Bateman go down, which we all knew would hurt with no insurance behind him. And they do have Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely trying to compensate for the lack of identity elsewhere, but The receiving core, it it just doesn't. It doesn't have an identity. It doesn't have the talent. And then, of course, Roman doesn't have the scheme. So I think those are the bigger points that both Orlovsky and Ryan Clark are trying to make. And they're not wrong.
2: All right, still to come here on The Vault, a little glimpse into Marcus Peters' future and how the Ravens are handling it.
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: All right, Bobby, if we all remember back in the off season, the beginning of the season, there were certainly plenty of questions as to why the Ravens didn't extend pending free agent cornerback Marcus Peters' contract over the summer, which would have partly been done in an effort to create much-needed cap space at the time.
2: Yeah, and we both remember those questions well, but as the Athletics' Jeff Zarebeck pointed out this week in one of his most recent pieces, Sarah, the Ravens were wise to hold off on doing so.
1: And that's because the unfortunate and hard truth – is that Juice Man just hasn't been able to gain that extra step back that he lost to his torn ACL two summers ago. And that right
2: there is Jeff's main point. Peters has been battling his butt off all year to stay on the field. But during the week, he's consistently held out of one or two practices and can be seen constantly trying to keep his knee loose on the sidelines during games. He's fighting, but he's struggling. He's now 29 and having a tough time returning to pre-torn ACL form, physically speaking. But then there's his on-field play he's put on tape so far this year. Peters hasn't exactly been polished in the tackling department, and hiccups in coverage have been popping up more than we're used to seeing with him. What sticks out the most, though, was his performance in the Jaguars game, in which at the time... He became just the second defensive back to allow three touchdowns in coverage, surrendering an additional six catches on seven targets for 55 yards all in all in one game. And Sarah, while that game specifically can be looked at as an outlier, it's clear to me that Juice Man hasn't been playing with the discipline and confidence that it takes to play with reckless abandon, you know, the kind of gambling and calculated risk. He's made a career off of.
1: Yeah, I agree with that there. And yet with all of this being said, Bobby, Juice Man could very well be in Baltimore's 2023 plans. And honestly, I would personally be all for that depending on the price tag, because you would think that with another year of rehab, he'd be healthier, but at the same time, he'd be a year older. And we also know that Peter said he would like to remain in Baltimore because it's, as he said, it brought his joy back. But had they extended him earlier, the price might have been too hefty for the way he's been playing. So the Ravens now have a little more leverage to perhaps get a better bargain under the cap, which they will need, especially for Lamar Jackson and or Raquan Smith.
2: And those conversations will certainly be had by us here on the vault in the coming months. But for now, this now brings us to the next layer of Jeff's piece. And that's Marlon Humphrey. Now, we all know entering last weekend's Steelers game, Marlow had been playing lights out. Like, dare I say, all pro caliber football. I mean, I rattled off all those statistics in our game preview episode ahead of Raven Steelers. Remember? I mean, we were talking this guy up. But been then good. and deservingly so, by the way. Right. Deservingly so. But then came rookie wide receiver George Pickens and veteran wide receiver Deontay Johnson. Humphrey uncharacteristically gave up two deep catches and was also flagged for two penalties in the end zone, one of which was questionable, but still. So, Sarah, with all of that fresh in local reporters' minds, along with Baltimore being the 26th ranked pass defense at the moment, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald was, of course, asked about it all
0: on Wednesday. When you look at the deep passes and the kind of the big play pass rule, Again, it's hard to attribute it to you know to one or two things. Like last game, you know it wasn't Marlon's best game, but he's a guy that you know, I think he's, a, he's an elite corner, and we're going to keep putting him in situations where he's going to be you know man to man on in one on ones. You know, and we're confident he's going to win those. I think you just looked at three separate situations can kind of happen to string together in one game, and then there, you know there's some other things where uh, I actually think we've been done a good job of keeping the ball in front. You know, over the probably the last you know half of the season. So um, I'm curious on those stats, but, uh, you know, the the game that sticks out is this last game and, you know, we're confident that, you know, he'll he'll make those plays moving forward.
1: All right. So I'm fully expecting Marlon to bounce back and make his adjustments accordingly. That said, and Jeff was sure to point out this nugget in his piece, Marlon's played his best football this year as a slot corner. In 123 coverage snaps in the slot, Humphrey has allowed just 12 catches for 98 yards on 17 targets, according to Pro Football Focus. That's pretty darn good. And then in 390 coverage snaps on the outside, Humphrey has surrendered 25 catches for 342 yards on 40 targets. And again, while lined up inside, he's held quarterbacks to just a 60.4 pass rating, which is the second best among all slot corners with at least 85 coverage snaps.
2: And Sarah, fans might hear those stats and wonder, well, why wouldn't they just keep Marlon in the slot at all times if that's where he's at his best? But remember, after Peters, there really isn't another corner at this point that this organization trusts to do consistent heavy lifting for them. Kyle Fuller was supposed to be that guy, but he was lost to the MetLife Stadium turf, along with several other players this year up there in the Meadowlands. Rookie Jalen Armour Davis wasn't ready when given opportunities earlier this year, and then he recently sustained a season-ending hip injury, unfortunately, on top of it. Brandon Stevens, he hasn't proven to be the answer, and veteran Daryl Worley was recently placed on IR, with a hamstring strain. So don't be surprised if you continue seeing Marlon being used on the outside and in the slot depending on specific matchups solely due to lack of depth in the corner department. And my goodness, stop me if you've heard that before in Baltimore. A lack of cornerbacks? We'll see you in April. So the Ravens released their Thursday injury report and Tyler Huntley practiced in full for the first time since being knocked out of Sunday's game with a concussion, Sarah.
1: Yeah, and even though he's not officially out of concussion protocol yet, Greg Roman explained his backup QB has been cleared to do enough that it allows him to implement the offensive game plan without interruption.
3: Snoop seems really, really good to me. Seemed great after the game. And uh, once he clears that, that protocol, I think we'll, you know, all systems go. And then we'll just kind of make some decisions after that. But it really doesn't affect you that much because he's in,
2: in you know, he's in good, good shape. Sarah, if I were a betting man, which I am not, I would <laughs> bet on Snoop being out there on Saturday. But he's got to watch himself because we've talked about this. He has taken some hard hits both against the Steelers and the week prior against Denver.
1: Yeah, Bobby, there were definitely some plays where I literally closed my eyes as he got hit because instead of going out of bounds, he would take on a defender with his shoulder or instead of sliding before getting hit, he'd try to plow through. Now he's not as shifty or slippery as Lamar, so we can't and wouldn't expect that from him, but he can implement smarter decisions like Lamar has done by getting out of bounds or giving himself up more. And Roman said that that message has recently been made crystal clear to Huntley at this point.
3: We had a nice little chat about that. And uh, you know, it's something that he's keenly aware of. You know, we got to do a much better job in that area. You know, we got to emphasize it more and he's definitely more aware of it now.
2: And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with Calais Campbell's honor, as AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, which is the first of his 15-year NFL career. Campbell's fourth-quarter field goal block in Sunday's win at Pittsburgh was, of course, the difference in a two-point game, and it was the ninth of his career, which is the most of any active player. Elsewhere, Marcus Williams did not skip a beat Sunday in his return from that dislocated wrist injury. Baltimore's standout safety received a 79.8 PFF grade having logged 35 covered snaps, zero receptions allowed, one impressive interception in the red zone, and a 0.0 passer rating allowed. In other news, Ravens inside linebacker Patrick Queen recently went on Good Morning Football, and he was asked about the Patrick Queen apology form put together by popular Twitter personality and the aforementioned friend of the show, Spencer Schultz.
4: I think people did write me off early. Uh, obviously, I'm a guy that gets on Twitter a lot, I read a lot of stuff on Twitter, and it was like a lot of harsh things going on, that uh, people, you know, people were saying, so. Um, but I really don't let that weigh me down. I, I actually use that as motivation, so I really don't be tripping off the stuff that people say on Twitter. Sometimes I even fire back every now and then if I'm feeling like I got time. And uh, I think probably the box that most people were checking off was uh, that he was only 22 and I was caught on the bandwagon, the social media bandwagon.
2: And finally, two Ravens, Justin Tucker and Kevin Zeitler, lead their positions in the AFC and current Pro Bowl voting. Coaches and players submit their votes this Friday, and then rosters will ultimately be announced December 21st next week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault, a podcast unaffiliated with the team. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. So if you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button. And share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Ravens Vault Podcast.
2: And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but we would appreciate it if you'd consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts.